he did not want to shoot. Versus if you went back and you looked at the games in the Bahamas when we are playing Baja Blast Tech, he's letting those things fly. <laughs> Cal was the coach of, our, of at least my childhood. Uh, I mean, I was always a tubby guy. Um, I was a tubby kid growing up. Just take um, Muhammad Ali at, then, uh, at center. Then you have actually to played for Kentucky, Kentucky University of players. Kentucky. Oh, daggone it, guys. I did not prepare for this. Because they're both going to be key contributors to a national championship team. No, do not tell me to relax, Zach, because I'm all in on this squad, and it's going to happen. What is up, Big Blue Nation? Matt Zach BBN here, joined by my three Twitter best friends, Wildcats Tongue, 270 Bradley Smith and Big Blue Bud, and we are rough to no good here to talk about a dominating performance over the what do we call them? Blue Blood, um, smell no. blood in the water, absolutely sucked and gave up in Rupp Arena, absolutely denominated. I don't care what you call them, but they just got killed by Kentucky. Bradley, first of all, how was your vacation? It was great, I had a great time. I'm very tired. Did you? Oh, really? uh, were you back in time to watch the game on Saturday? So I watched the first thirty minutes of the game on the plane. Uh, but another extra special suck it to American Airlines uh, <laughs> because the in-flight Wi-Fi went out uh, with like ten minutes left in the game, so I couldn't finish it. Uh, but I saw, I think, the majority of the game. Uh, but then I went back and and recapped it. So nice. So you didn't so get yes to see no. you didn't get to see Brendan Canada live then. Uh, <laughs> no, I did not. Unfortunately. <laughs> Buddy, hey, how but are we'll you get doing that tonight? chance. Get that chance Wednesday, won't we? I hope so. Yes, I'm great. I feel like the uh, the Auburn player that um, was screaming whenever he <laughs> he did the, he dunked on like our walk ons with like <laughs> down 36 and like the last three minutes of the game or whatever it was. Except actually like warranted. You know what I mean? Like I'm okay. Like I should feel that way. He shouldn't be screaming. But yeah, that's how I feel. So pretty pretty good. It's always a, a good day to beat um, Auburn by 40 points. WT, how you doing, man? I'm doing really well. I'm really tired, but I mean, a 32-point win at home uh, against a tournament team is always really fun. Uh, but I mean, we shouldn't really be surprised. The last time Auburn won in Rupp Arena, my parents were in high school. So <laughs> I, it was since 1988, since since they uh, um, beat us in Rupp. So like, I, I really don't know what we're doing at this point. There are people thinking that we were going to lose. There are people thinking that this is going to be a tough matchup. There were Auburn fans thinking that they were blue bloods. You can't, you can't lose like 35 straight at someone's place and consider yourself a blue blood. You don't remember when they were, when they shot confetti out of the ceiling and we're screaming, we ain't sharing, you know what last, last time that they, <laughs> It, yeah, it's well, like we both that. went home the same weekend during the <laughs> tournament, so no one got the last laugh. It's like that <laughs> meme on Twitter, you know, from the Minnesota Timberwolves when they won the playoff game or the play-in play game, <laughs> and Patrick Beverly's like on the table screaming, and I think they got swept the first round of the playoffs. That's actually Auburn, fantastic... Auburn did that in real life. <laughs> That's like, a fantastic comparison not, between not Patrick to... Beverly and Katie Johnson. It is like, like they is spot on. Katie Johnson is a non NBA ready version of Patrick <laughs> Beverly, <laughs> and they're both very ugly. 
It's hard to say. It's hard to say. And went to obnoxious SEC schools. It's hard to say who celebrated more, Kansas City after winning the Super Bowl or Auburn after like winning the <laughs> SEC or like tying the SEC. Did they did they win or did they tie? <laughs> Act like you've been here before, please. But they oh, haven't, man. though, is the best part. No, they, they, they Kansas had City has. Actually, yeah. I think wasn't the last time before that that they had won the SEC when they had Charles Barkley. Probably. Like it was know, it was a comically long time. <laughs> I wasn't there for that, so I wouldn't know. So, so WT, Matt, I was about to say, Matt, how are you doing though? Thank you for remembering. Um, I'm doing fantastic. We don't care. It's been a, (laughs) (laughs) it's been a very productive Monday for me. I'm riding off the high of a huge Kentucky basketball win. WT, you're right. We shouldn't have been surprised by the win because if you listen to Rough to No Good, we went four for four with W prediction. So if you listen to us, you know more ball. You knew a win was coming, but it's not the win that surprised us. It's the margin of victory. I picked us to win by four. Buddy picked us to win by seven. Mm-hmm. WT, you predicted, you predicted us to win by 13. Bradley had us setting a UK single game record with three pointers and winning by 28. He wasn't even positive enough. The Cats won by 32. <laughs> and that's only because we played walk-ons for the last like two minutes. We were up 40 before we put them in. What a phenomenal victory for Kentucky. This is one of the most fun, fun games I have ever been to as a fan. I, It might be a recency bias. I have it as my second favorite all-time game I've been to. The first was oh. the overtime Louisville win when I was a freshman. Um, so, like, when I think about win, I try to think about how did Kentucky play? Did, like, we actually win? Um, like, how was the game environment? What was, like, the uh, – like, what was the implications of the game? So, like, that Louisville game, huge rivalry, biggest rivalry in college basketball. They're number three. It goes into overtime. Crowd goes crazy. We win. That's number one. But, Auburn, you just think about this team, all the struggles. This team needed a breakthrough. Even when we win, we have colossal breakdowns. Like, we saw at Florida. Like, we were up 15, and all of a sudden, we were losing that half. So, even, like, the good moments, there's so much bad. This was terrific from start to finish. Rupp was electric, best environment I've been in quite some time. Um, and it was my last Catterday in the E zone. So it was just, I, it was emotional. I'm happy. I'm happy for my team. I love my team. I personally could not be doing any better right now. Well, I'm happy for you. It's really uh, just an awesome time to be a Kentucky fan. Uh, we get really spoiled whenever we're bored by wins. So, uh, I mean, obviously, I wish the standard was never losing and get being bored by wins. Uh, but it, it's really awesome to, like, have these sort of moments where we've seen the improvement over the course of a season. We've seen the coaching. We've seen the individual growth of all the players. And seeing all that pay off all in one 40-minute game, one of the best feelings ever. There was, like, a 20-minute stretch during that game where we outscored them, like, 52-17 to 17 or something like that, I saw someone say. <laughs> like, yep. it was an absolute beatdown. One of the craziest things I've ever witnessed uh, and just totally out of the blue. We've been playing well, but like no one expected that. My dad texted me a little before we started recording. He said with five minutes left in the first half, Auburn was winning 25 to 24. And with 230 left in the game, it was 86 to 46 Kentucky. So if you do the math, that is a 62 to 21 run for Kentucky in the span of 22 minutes. So we had almost triple the amount of points than there were minutes, and Auburn didn't even have 
like a point per minute. We outscored them by 41 in 22 minutes. Like you, you can't state enough. Like we talked about the score predictions. Bradley was closest, but even he wasn't high enough. You look at our MVPs. Was it Oscar who had 22 and 17 and like a throwback national player of the year performance? Was it case and Wallace who had 19 points and nine assists and three rebounds and four steals? Was it Jacob Toppin who had 13 points and 12 rebounds and five assists scoring in double digits for the 12th straight game? Was it Antonio Reeves who literally could not miss a shot was four of seven from three, 21 points. Like, there were so many good performances from top to bottom. Everything clicked all at once. Um, it just amazing game. I mean, we. I do think I want. Kind of want to get this out of the way. We do have to talk about the kind of the glaring negative of this game. Like the the one player that played really poorly, uh, Walker Horn, really needs to step up his game. <laughs> uh, on the season, and, and I, I was just scrolling through a, a sports reference, and this is the funniest thing. Um, Walker Horn, her one hundred possessions has 30 turnovers <laughs> <laughs> on the season he has played hold on let me find this he has played uh eight total minutes and he has uh yeah eight total minutes he has four turnovers <laughs> oh my crazy God. efficiency like that that is crazy uh walker i'm sure you're a great guy a big fan of your dad but uh but let's step that up a little bit. Yeah. He's putting up KD Johnson numbers. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> hey, watch out. Transfer portal. Yeah. Bruce Pearl is going to be looking for a new point guard. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but one guy that didn't necessarily pop off the stat sheet was Chris Livingston. Still did a lot of things well, but I mean, relative to the other guys, he only had six points, got in foul trouble early. Um, So my, my, um, my dad, stepmom, and uncle were all in town for um, the basketball game. They came down to visit me in Lexington this weekend. They stayed at the Hilton, and across from their hotel room was where Zepp Jasper and Alan Flanagan, I believe, stayed the night. Um, they said Je- Zepp Jasper, really nice guy to talk to, really fun. But my aunt, she's walking downstairs like the day of the game, and she like walks past like one of like the conference rooms in the hotel lobby, and... She looks through the doors because they're open and inside the doors, not being like blocked or shield at all is Bruce Pearl giving his team the game plan for the day. And they <laughs> like, so like I met them at like Lex live a little before the game. Like I, I dipped from the student section line for like five minutes to go talk to them. And they told me that one of the, the biggest thing that they heard when they walked by was do not let 24 get open, stop 24 at all costs. So if we go back, like not even a month and a half, like two weeks, maybe, yeah, like two to three weeks. And if we were saying that Auburn's game plan was let Reeves shoot, don't double Oscar in the post, don't like try to double Kaysen or run him off the ball, don't worry about Jacob Toppin, but make sure that Chris Livingston cannot get hot on the offensive end. If you go back two to three weeks and try to imagine that, I would say no way in hell. But here we are, four or five games later, uh, Kentucky's on a four-game win streak. Other teams need to worry about Chris Livingston being an offensive threat, and when they do, the entire team goes freaking bananas. That is crazy. I mean, he's deserved that kind of attention. I mean, uh, I will say, Bruce, Chris has obviously been great the last couple weeks, but he's not really creating for himself. And I think that's kind of the strength of his. That's not me putting him down, but like he is a hustle guy. Like there's no way for you to like, 
it within the offensive set, like stop him from doing what he does because he does it outside of the offensive sets. So that's, that's a really interesting game plan, and it clearly uh, worked wonders for them. <laughs> but uh, that remind that reminded me of a time when I was. Uh, uh, I'm going to go back to my uh, college managing stories. Uh, I lost my scouting report one time at a holiday tournament uh, where all the teams stayed in the same hotel room. Um, I lost it, couldn't find it. I was sweating buckets the whole time. We ended up playing this team. We ended up beating by beating them by 20. So really lucky. I was like, okay, cool. They didn't find it. After the game, one of their assistant coaches comes over and hands my scouting report to our assistant coach and says, "Yeah, you all were you all were right. <laughs> you did, you did exactly what you said you were going to do, and you still beat us. <laughs> and, uh, oh really gosh. lucky we won that game because uh, I would have <laughs> been in uh, big trouble if we had lost. <laughs> oh my gosh." So are you implying uh, that John Calipari might have saw my tweet um, saying what Bruce Pearl said in his team meeting? Um, I will say Chris Livingston only played 23 minutes. Uh, it wasn't like he was in a ton of foul trouble. Um, so maybe he was like, hey, we're going to take away your main focus and beat you another way. But uh, I mean, I don't. I, I think Chris probably could have played with like one arm tied behind his back and we still would have won this game. <laughs> Yeah, with the uh, with Chris being out, we got to see CJ Frederick come back, get a little bit of the Benny lineup. I think that once again was like probably plus like thirty in the seven minutes we saw it. <laughs> I'm sure I'm exaggerating, but it, it, it's nice to see CJ back. He got a very nice, warm Rupp Arena welcome. So glad he's back. Um, doesn't sound like Xavier Wheeler is going to get back anytime soon, but. You talk about a guy that could really push this team over the top that's clicking right at the right time. You go back to the last game, the only negative thing I have to say about that Auburn game was there was a time where I think we took Case and Wallace out um, with like two minutes to go and half just to get him some extra rest before like the long break. And we had him out for one possession and we give up a turnover and like an and one like layup breakaway or something like that and immediately have to put him back in before we go on an 8-0 run. But um, we don't look very good with Casey Wallace not in the game right now. Can I say one thing about that real quick? You can say about... whatever you want, Bradley. It's no, your podcast. Okay, absolutely not. Oh, okay. Uh, no, but I'm I'm gonna listen to Matt and WT. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, don't be a jerk to people. I, I'm sure we've all seen. I wasn't talking to WT. I was That's talking a fake to statement. I was talking to our listener base, which I think our listeners know more ball uh, than the average person. Uh, but take a, a stroll over to Facebook comment sections uh, about anything about Savir Wheeler being out. And you'll see people literally celebrating that he is not playing. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> You, you might not like him. You might not like the way he plays, but he has done nothing but be a good teammate. He's done nothing but celebrate his, his uh, fellow teammates. Don't be a jerk. I had, uh, I, mean, I, I had someone who might know, probably wouldn't know. He theorized me. He doesn't know this. He's just theorizing that maybe Wheeler's extended absence is he's not 100%. He shouldn't be playing but maybe he would be more motivated if people actually felt like the team needed him. Um, so just, just food for thought. I mean, if this guy last season played through two concussions, he came back from those concussions way too early. I mean, uh, 
you look you look at the game log of what, what games he was in and what he was out of when he got hurt. He, there's no way that he wasn't playing with a little bit of a injury last season. And this season, he's been banged up. He's been playing through that. Um, obviously, this ankle thing is is nagging him a little bit, and he doesn't want to risk it, especially um, being a senior and kind of making decisions there. Um, so I, I don't blame him for sitting out. Uh, I do think we've been playing w- well without him. I'm not asking that he comes back and plays like 25, 30 minutes a game, but especially going into March, we're going to need some depth. You see what happened. Like whenever we were playing without both CJ and Savier, we were playing very, very well. And we would get so tired at the end, give up leads. Um, we would kind of fall apart at the end. We would miss free throws. All of a sudden, you just get one of those guys back. CJ played seven minutes. He uh, did cardio the entire time out there. Zeros all across the uh, stat sheet. One assist. But he made an impact. Yeah. Oh, sorry. He had one assist and one foul. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he made an impact because he was able to give Kaysen, Antonio, Chris a break. Then they can come back in and assert their dominance even more. Kaysen played 37 minutes, played really well. Imagine if he took... Uh, two more minutes of break. Uh, let Savier run maybe five, six minutes uh, each half. Um, that that would create a much more advantageous position for Kate for Kaysen, especially late in games when he's your point guard. You want him getting the ball. You want him to uh, to him to be the one to take free throws. You want him with some fresh legs. Uh, I, I don't think people realize how much of a break like two minutes is actually because uh, it's not just like it's not just you know physically resting a two minute rest. It's also like a mental thing, just like being out there and so much happening all at once. And then just getting to sit down for two minutes and recharge and, you know, get your head back on straight before you go out there. It's, it's a big thing. And either way, we're going to need severe soon. Um, it, this, the sec tournament is starts like when March. Uh, next Friday, hopefully yeah. for us, we should be in line for a top four seed, right? Have we clinched it yet? I don't think we've clinched. Uh, I don't know if but we've all, the... but I think a win. We haven't clinched the Wednesday. three. But we've clinched the double by yeah. now, right? Uh, I'll have to look at it. Uh, <laughs> it would require um... teams. It would require <laughs> teams winning that shouldn't win. I think. Okay. Like for the uh, possibility of getting to that five seed, but like it, that it could happen. We're, we're good. We're I good. think if we beat Vanderbilt for sure. Yes. Oh, if we beat Vanderbilt, we we have the double by locked. I'm pretty oh, that's sure. That's promising. That's promising. Maybe even the three. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Is uh is Liam Robbins back? He is. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, he is. That makes Vanderbilt's me a playing more good concerned. too. Uh, just I, because I, I need to talk about this. I know we. Uh, I know we're going to save kind of our Vanderbilt preview for a little bit later, but <laughs> Vanderbilt has the weirdest recent schedule I have seen ever. They not, they like put together five straight wins, four of which are three of which against good teams. They beat Tennessee, they beat Florida and they beat Auburn. And then all of a sudden they lose to LSU by seven LSU, the worst team in the conference. And then they go beat Florida again by 16. <laughs> like, it's so hard to figure this team out. I think they're sense. really, it doesn't. And I, I think they're really good. Um, they're good offensively. They're like 27th in the country in offense on Ken Palm. Hmm. Defense is where they struggle. And I think that that's going to play to our strength. 
Uh, if we limit the possessions, then we we should be good. Uh, Liam Robinson is good, but he's not great. And uh, yeah, I know we, we're supposed to do our Vanderbilt preview. Later, yeah, I mean, you could look you, at you Kentucky. reminded me of that. Yeah, you could look at Kentucky and say a lot of the same things. I think just we lost to South Carolina and we lost to Georgia, but we beat Tennessee twice and just blew out Auburn. Like what? Like what yeah. is going on with Kentucky? <laughs> Real quick, yeah, however we well kinda... Vandy's playing, we're playing better. Real quick, as we kind of wrap up the uh, Auburn discussion, I'm assuming we're kind of wrapping that up. Um, At least no, we're going to talk about it for three more hours. Okay, awesome. More time. Awesome. Uh, but anyway, uh, shout out to Auburn fans for this one specific reason: they made us interested in making good memes. There were a few True. memes True. out there, uh, but until Auburn finally had a good basketball season last year and their fans actually cared about basketball for once. Uh, they produced some good memes, and I know they were kind of an inspiration for me, kind of making memes, I'm sure. Uh, the two of y'all and Sack doesn't really make memes like that. but I just uh, retweet the, them all for you guys. Yeah, yeah, and we appreciate that because you have clout that we don't. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a shout-out to Auburn fans. You, you suck in every other way, but thank you for introducing us to uh, – Post-game memes. Yes, you've created monsters. Buddy, I think you uh, said Liam Robbins is back, or someone said it, or you brought up yes. the idea of Liam Robbins being back. But do you know who was also back is a very national player of the year like Oscar Shibwe. In his past two games, he's shot 20 of 23. Buddy, you said that going to the Auburn game, he's going to be extra motivated. He's been waiting to play for it last year. I think we, we. I brought up four very strong performances. I think Oscar has as good of a case as anyone for MVP. I brought up in our last preview. I'm a little worried about Oscar. He's going up against a six ten Joni Broom, um, averaging two and a half blocks a game. Buddy, do you think that this was that extra motivation you talked about, or do you think Oscar's just turned a curve and now knows how to play against taller defenders? A little bit both. I think, first of all, I definitely think he was motivated. Like I said, he wanted to get at Auburn since last season, and he said it in postgame, and he's told everybody, like, I want to play Auburn again. So, yes, I definitely think he was motivated. But the other thing is – I think he's improved some, and I also think that our game plan with him has improved, which I've been harping on for like the past four podcasts. Is instead of trying to get him the ball in the low post when he's in the jungle and there's like three people that are taller than him on top of him and he's not moving, whatever, we're giving him the ball up high either when he's moving or you know before he starts moving, and then he's got that momentum. Instead of having to play strong and straight up, he's playing strong through people. And it's just, it's better for him. And it also opens up space under the basket for drivers and everybody else. And since Toppin and Chris can rebound so well, um, you know, it works because Oscar doesn't have to be your only rebounder. It's like that occurred to us at some point. Like, you know, other people can rebound really well. Oscar can just play up high and uh, and taking those mid-range shots too. So uh, a little bit of everything, motivation. And I think we're playing him right. And I think that he has kind of uh, turned a corner and is is improved. Yeah, I think you're right on because Joni Broom and Dylan Card, well, uh, like 6'10", 6'11", both taller than Oscar. It kind of, I feel like it would have looked similar to earlier in the season where we're just throwing Oscar in the post and he's getting stuffed on these turnaround hooks. Those two guys could not stay in front of them. I think they combined for seven fouls. I wouldn't be surprised if all of them were like on Oscar. Like they could not stay in front of him. And when Oscar's making that mid-range shot, you also have to step out and guard him. 
And that opens up driving lanes for Toppin, Kaysen, Reeves, Chris, literally everyone. So mm-hmm. love the game plan we're doing with them. Also, does it seem like Dylan Cardwell has played at Auburn for like 12 years? I didn't even know who he was until he started like, celebrating a dunk on Brennan Canada. I <laughs> <laughs> like I distinctly remember in like 2015, 2016, he might have an older brother or something. He's got to because there's no way he's an eighth year senior or anything like that. I know they go wild with COVID years and everything, but I don't think Auburn had a basketball team before 2017. <laughs> so that can't, be, that can't be right. Here, I've got to look this up because it's bugging me. Yeah, y'all, y'all go on. Well, you look but, uh, that up on, on the same point that you just said, those driving lanes, by the way, just me and Wildcat were talking about this earlier. I think that that I've been coming around a little bit on plugging Wheeler back in when he comes back that like extra room for driving and opened up driving lanes that we just, there's more of that now than there was before. And that's what Oscar or not Oscar. That's what Wheeler used to be really good at is finishing uh, beneath the basket. And so, I, I mean, I'm curious to see what it looks like when he's back. I mean, you can see like whenever Kaysen drives or Antonio drives, the the big has to make a decision between them and Oscar. Yep. And right now they are choosing Oscar and Kaysen and Antonio are getting anything they want at the rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Xavier comes back. He, he is as good as anyone at reading that help defender. So as, as soon as they even glance toward his way, he's dumping that off to Oscar for a dunk. It is going to be beautiful. However much time he plays, however, however he contributes, I'm looking forward to it because that added depth is really going to help in March. Yeah, maybe we'll beat Auburn by like 50 points next time. Um, like I said, one of my favorite games just because of the beatdown. Usually I do like closer games like that, like the previously mentioned Louisville game. That was so fun. The comeback win against Alabama last year, that was so fun. But there's just something so just fun about like Kentucky basketball punking a team like you make a team look like they don't belong on the court with you and for some cases like when you play as like John Calipari would say like when we're playing St. Aloysius like yeah sure you should be winning by 40 um but like when you're playing SEC teams like good SEC teams SEC teams that are gonna be in the tournament and have winning records you should not be looking making them look like they don't even belong on the same court as you um, what are some like other performances y'all remember? Um, like I'm sure you could bring up any game from like 2015, but like Kansas <laughs> last year comes to mind. Like we made a national championship team look like they didn't belong. I think you could say the same thing with the the North Carolina team last year that made the national championship game. They didn't even look like they should be D1 when we played them. I I have I, I'm gonna cheat. I have two answers, and I'm sorry if I steal someone's. Wow. Um, one of them is one I I I can't remember, but I've seen I've watched the game kind of like on YouTube the the full recording of it. Oh my gosh! It was in 2003 when we yep. beat number one Florida. Um, I get I think it was the largest crowd in Rupp Arena history. Um, we beat we only beat them by 15, but just going back and watching it, it was not that close. We beat them like it, it was wasn't a game by like the two minute mark of the uh second half uh really really fun game just beat, beating down the number one team and similarly back in 2019 beating down the number one team in front of a packed crowd in rep arena kentucky beating tennessee by seven uh 17 yeah 17 uh 86 69 getting to beat uh grant williams admiral schofield everyone's favorite john fulkerson um 
<laughs> and uh, just a dominant performance now. I know they punked us on their home court <laughs> later that season, but that was a really fun game in the moment, being the number one team like that. Yeah, uh, I wasn't obvious. Well, I was think I was two years old for that game in 2003, but I think I've seen the <laughs> clip of Dickie V going, this is embarrassing. Show some passion. <laughs> Whatever it was. Exactly. Um, I think I've seen that about like a hundred times, like make its round on Twitter. You get to see uh, Billy Donovan, the worst hairline in history, like sweat, sweat <laughs> going down his forehead. Yeah, that was, that was great. Cat. <laughs> no offense, uh, Billy Donovan. I have a big forehead too. <laughs> oh, I just remember in like 2011, people chanting uh, Dracula at Billy Donovan at the <laughs> SEC tournament. <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, but WT, if you get to cheat and have to, I get to cheat and have to. Uh, and and they're both for very sentimental reasons for me. My first one was in 2017, the SEC tournament championship. Uh, we beat Auburn, uh, excuse me, Arkansas by 17 points. And you might remember that game. That was the game that Arkansas started getting pissed off and trying to fight people. Dude, like elbows, yep. deer and fox what? in the back of the head. What season did you say? Uh, 20, 2016-17. Okay, okay. And uh, the reason I picked that one was because it was my senior year of high school. I had gone to the SEC tournament every year of the Cal era uh, with my dad and my granddad. And so going and seeing that and kind of going out on top of the SEC tournament was just kind of like one chapter ending in my life and like opening up another one. It, it just felt very sentimental, I guess, to me. It, it felt kind of like when you beat Red Dead Redemption for the first time and you're sitting there on the top of the mountain with Arthur Morgan sitting there watching the sunrise. Uh, spoiler spoiler Yes. Well, if you haven't beaten Red Dead Redemption, it's been out for uh, five years, so you're not going to at this point. <laughs> you don't know me. And uh, then my second game, uh, second favorite blowout, was the Kansas game last year whenever we beat them by uh, 18 uh, because that was the day before my great-grandmother's funeral, and that was something that just added a little bit of joy to my life uh, during a very difficult time. Uh, so that was uh, my second uh, second favorite. What? <laughs> uh, so Buddy was trying to make him laugh. Did not know that that's where that story <laughs> was going. <laughs> You're trying to make me laugh while I'm talking about my dead meatball. <laughs> I didn't know that was coming. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I don't know if I should just cut this or leave it. No, you should I leave it. Leave. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You keep your liver spotted hands off my mother. She's a saint. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> down and write See, Taylor no. in a check for ten thousand dollars. We just oh. learned a very valuable lesson in not assuming, uh, especially with the podcast. We, oh man, not Ugh. assuming that Bradley's about to make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's I'm... the thing. The one time, the one time, I guess maybe two times, Bradley's ever been like. One hundred percent serious is the time we're trying to make him not be serious. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Okay, uh, buddy, what's your favorite blowout? 
<laughs> oh, my fault. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, sorry, everyone. I'm not a terrible person. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyways, yeah. My my favorite blowout. Uh, this is kind of I'm cheating. Not I, I'm not naming two, but I'm still cheating um, because I don't think I was supposed to pick a game from 2015. But this one had sentimental value or not sentimental value, just value because I was a senior in high school in Eastern Kentucky, like 10 minutes from the West Virginia border, like really, really far Eastern Kentucky. And so in that tournament, all I heard for like, you know, however long leading up to the game in the sweet 16 versus West Virginia was that press Virginia was going to, you know, destroy us and beat us by 20 points. And that Kentucky was, you know, they were going to be the giant killers and in the streak and blah, 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 all that great stuff. And, um, well, it didn't. It didn't go like that for them, um, and uh, we we blew them out seventy eight to thirty nine. The number twenty team in the country made them look just. I mean, one of the most embarrassing games for West Virginia like ever. They they made it to the Sweet Sixteen, and then just we erased their their nice little run there. It was uh, that was that was a special one to me. I uh, I I have two more that I've been to. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm super cheating. One really isn't a blowout, but it kind of felt like it just cause we were so overwhelmingly good that game. And this is as close as we'll ever get to blowing out this team. But, um, in the United center in my hometown of Chicago, Illinois, me and my dad went to the champions classic in 2015, where we beat Duke by 11. Um, I just nice. remember, I don't know if we killed them, but like Tyler Ulis played great. He had like 18 and six, I want to say. I don't know how I know that. I remember Alex Poitras had like a huge dunk where I think he got so high where his like tooth got stuck in the net. Um, and I was like right behind the rim for that game. So I remember that. And the other one, the second Kentucky basketball game I've ever been to uh, was with my dad again. We drove down to Lexington. He got me like tickets for like a Christmas gift one year. We played Texas A&M in 2017. And we beat them 100 to 58, I believe. Deer and Fox and Malik Monk like combined for 40. They just did their thing. Um, I think Briscoe and Bam each were in double digits as well. So beat Texas A&M by 42. So I remember both of those games. Probably not super memorable to most people. Like I don't think those games will come up, but they're fun. Nice. Um, I do remember after that Duke came in 2015, fall of 2015. Um, we thought that oh the hype was right about Scal. He played, yeah, he did pretty decent in that game. Uh, and then um, he 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 was he was who he was. But I'll put it nicely like that. With with <laughs> one, one notable exception, it seems like we always play very well, including some not great players uh, against Duke. Uh, even if we oh. end up losing. And we all know the one notable exception that I'm talking about, 2018. Uh, but even, I think, the Nerlens Noel NIT year, I think we beat Duke that year, if I'm we not mistaken. Them. It was, or played it was them like very a two-point game. Yeah. It was like a two-point game, if I yeah. remember correctly. Okay, well, uh, I'm we a moron. Them. Uh, but... We haven't beat them since 98 or something. It's pretty really? Good. Well, that's the one win, the 2015 win in Chicago. Oh, well. Yeah. Wow. I think that was an wow. overtime game, though. This is a positive podcast. Let's get back on the positive train, please. <laughs> Do you know what's also so great about that 2015 win in Chicago? Grayson Allen also sucked a giant egg that day. 
Um, <laughs> I looked at the box score. He shot two of 11 and had four turnovers on one assist. So that's special. I'm just glad all of our, I'm just glad all of our players made it out without any like twisted ankles. Uh, playing Grayson, so broken neck, no bite marks. <laughs> <laughs> we are a we are a positive podcast. It's hard to find drama to talk about in such a big win, but never count out the Big Blue Nation to start stirring some stuff up. Woo, you um, did it. So I I was out uh, with my family after the game, but I was getting some a bunch of messages sent in my. Uh, mm in my uh dms and stuff like lincoln some drama like can, can someone explain to me and the audience that might not know what 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 the drama was saturday night wt you're raising your hand you're yeah. a very cordial man i trust you i don't know if i trust bradley oh that that's fair <laughs> uh no, i was on a plane i didn't care go ahead <laughs> there you go um so for like the fifth or sixth time in a row after a win uh coach Coach Calipari said in his post-game presser something about, like, the media, like, was counting us out, like, people are talking down on us, um, stuff like that. And it's always been, like, kind of directed towards certain people, um, but he's never called it out by name or anything like that. Uh, this time, he was a little bit more specific. He talked about the local media, how the local media was even talking us out of the tournament at one point. Um, and... Uh, Matt Jones, uh, friend of the program, uh, Matt Jones, he uh, kind of tweeted out like, "Hey, message to Coach Cal, stop it! <laughs> like we, <laughs> like we want you to succeed. We want you to like go to the tournament. We want all this. Uh, we're not trying to talk you out of it. Uh, so it's just like putting that out there. Um, and I think this it turned it, it just kind of brought up some pent up rage from either the people that were anti Cal or anti basketball, and then the people that are pro Cal, pro basketball, and uh, just kind of reignited some stuff in a time that should have been completely positive, beating Auburn by thirty two. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I'll give my takes on it a little bit. I want to hear what you all think. This is gonna again. I don't have all the information. Maybe I should look back at some of the tweets. But this is gonna sound like a non take. But it's kind of like, and I when you say like it felt like some of like the attention was directed at like some certain people. That's you you should have said like a certain site, because I feel like, I feel like we all know what, what what like Cal is talking about when he says that. Um. So so if obviously if Matt is just like Cal, chill, whatever. It's like everyone was mad at you, and like ninety. I'd say 90% of the criticism was valid. About 10% of it went too far. Like when you're losing to South Carolina at home, that that's not good. You should warrantly say what the heck is going on. What's the plan to get better? Are we even going to make the tournament? But like on the other side of it, it's like if Cal wants to be like, hey, look at us. We're good again. Told y'all. Told y'all to chill. I said it before the season even started in November. I told you we might struggle. Y'all wanted to fire me. Now we're great. Everyone's buying tickets to Houston again. Like, I don't mind that either. So, like, again, it sounds like a non-take, but my main take is, like, kind of like what you said, WT. It's like, can we all just, like, move past it, chill, have a great time, celebrate the win, not have drama, not try to point fingers. Let's just – whatever your take is, as long as it's pro-Kentucky basketball and positive at this point, I'm behind it. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that goes for, like – I I think that positivity moving past it goes for everybody involved. That goes to Calipari. Hey, Cal – you're winning. Relax. That goes to people like Matt Jones. It's like, hey, we won. 
he, like, don't pay attention to Cal. He just says stuff. Relax. And it goes to all the fans. Like, you defending Calipari or Matt on Twitter is not going to change anybody's minds. Like, we all need to relax. We all need to just, like, enjoy this season. Um, and also, like, Cal was not necessarily calling out one site. He was calling out the local media. I mean, the Lexington yes. Herald put out a piece, like, a couple weeks ago saying, hey, are we the new Indiana? Oh, I've heard <laughs> like, that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even like Kyle wasn't... Tucker was being negative, and Kyle Tucker's like in Kel's back pocket. It feels like, right? So it's like it's not just KSR. I think KSR kind of has the um, like the background of being kind of anti-Cal. I mean, Cal won't go on the radio show anymore uh, for whatever reason. Um, but uh, uh, it's not saying that KSR wasn't the main target of that uh, comment. But it, he's talking about a bunch of people and just the negativity in general that he was hearing, uh, and he gets I... to kind of float his little 32 point win in people's faces and i don't necessarily blame him for that yeah i, I mean that would come on rough to no good i think so i think we need to reach out i mean we know he listens i mean we give such great scouting reports on these teams and um like he's putting our plans into action absolutely i just want to hear bradley and cal like troll back and forth for an hour <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't love those comments by uh, really by either one of them. It's funny that like whenever Cal's talking mess and like, you know, he's getting his like vindication or whatever, like uh, talking to other teams or just, you know, in general, like against other fan bases or blah, 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 whatever. Then everybody loves Cal and it's swaggy Cal. But then whenever he's targeting local media or like mentions local media, then it's like the end of the world because local media are all like, you know, mostly kentucky like they're kentucky boys yeah reporting on kentucky or whatever else so it was just i just think it's dumb all around just dumb it, i i can't imagine like i understand why cal's talking but it's dumb and whether or not he was like directing ksr ksr is the local media that you think of when you say yeah the local media right and so right. of course there's gonna i wish that matt wouldn't have responded last night and then you know got because then it's just like war between people on one <laughs> side or the other. And it's just, which is ridiculous. Like just wait till the next morning, man. And, mm-hmm. But I guess, well, yeah. Never when mind. will this fan base, when will this fan base learn to not take anything Ke- coach Cal says to the media seriously? I mean, he's been doing this kind of stuff since the moment he got here. Like he says, whatever he wants, he's going to make sure that we're in the headlines. He's going to be his weird little self. So, like, we, we just got to stop, like, hey, yeah, Cal, great quote, good job. Let's just move on and we'll watch the next I can't think of a time he like, hasn't called out media. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm like, sure during 2015, like, whenever we, like, won both, like, overtime games, like, and he, he was like, yeah, you thought that we couldn't do that. You thought, like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm sure he he finds the, the enemy in every season and it just is well, what it is. We just got to you know, live with being- it. Yeah, being the guy like UMass and Memphis, like no one believed, you know what I mean? And so that's like where he came from. It's like we're the underdog and you didn't believe in us and that motivates us. It doesn't really work <laughs> the same way at Kentucky because <laughs> it just doesn't, you know what I mean? Like we know right. who you are and what you are, but that's like, I don't know, that's what he was for 20 some years. So yes, yeah, so like this, this, this is the first time that he can like go back to that. This is the first time since he's been in Kentucky where he's like genuinely been able to say, like, you did not believe in me look where oh, we yeah. are now so yeah. like i think he's really taking advantage of that situation because like even back in like 2018 with like the kevin knox team or anything like that like people still okay y'all are gonna win y'all are kentucky y'all can still do this but now it's there's so much pessimism he he just wants to troll a little bit 
Yeah. So the one thing I'll say about all of it, if there's something that you know that we know about Cal is that he holds grudges. Like he remembers every way that anybody has ever slightly wronged him. You know, if you cut in front of him in in the lunch line in third grade, he's ready to end your bloodline. Uh, so, so, you know, people, local media have said some things, especially in the last three years. And I think if we were no. to sit down and gen- genuinely have a conversation, I think a lot of them would say, yeah, I took things too far uh, because we've seen some personal attacks and, and, and things like that. But one thing you can also say is that some of it has been warranted. I'm not talking about personal attacks or anything right. like that. Yes. I'm talking about some of the criticism. Some of it right. has been warranted. Yes, the nine and sixteen year was a bad year, and yes, COVID messed some of that, some of those things up. But you know, ultimately, the roster just wasn't all that good. Who does that come back on? Yeah, you know, last year we had a pretty good regular season. People forget that we struggled for a while, though. Mm -hmm. But then you go and you lose to St. Peter's. Why? Because your guard depth is horrendous. Well, who's who's to blame for the guard depth being bad? This year, when we were having our struggles, it seemed like we just needed one or two more guys. Was it okay to call out, hey, things don't look great? Yeah. But you know who it comes back to on things not looking great? Yeah. Okay. So where I think this middle ground comes is now that things are starting to look good for us, we need we need to let the praise be just as loud or louder than the criticism. Damn right. I think really is what it boils down to. If you're going to post 15 articles about why this sucks and it's horrible and why it's not any fun anymore, you need to post 20 or 25 articles about how we're awesome and the, we're the best and Auburn sucks and <laughs> Bruce Pearl sucks and John Calipari rocks and Kentucky is the best. You know, yeah. let, let let the praise be be as loud or louder than the criticism. It's it's like you said, a lot of that is like valid, warranted criticism. There's been a lot of like the article that says, is Kentucky the new Indiana? There's yeah, just like a stupid pandering playing off of like <laughs> outrage and hysteria. You know what I mean? Just very disingenuous. And so, but you're absolutely right. You don't want to move into some listeners questions? Oh, Please. Shoot, I haven't yeah, even looked at it, but sure. That'd All be so right. great. Um. I, I had one that I kind of wanted to uh, talk about, but I kind of forget them. Mm. I'll go. All right. Um, I'll go for it. Go for it. I'll say uh, this is from uh, Afton's Bud. Uh, who wins in a game of 21 between the boys of Rupp to no good? Um, we So we're actually going to be testing out maybe if the weather uh, permits us in Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna be testing out this a little bit uh, between three of us. Bradley won't be able to make it um, right. to Fayetteville, um, but I, I think it's uh, kind of four different just strategies. Uh, I'm not much of a one-on-one guy. I exist much better with teammates. I'm a distributor. Um, Matt, you said you are uh, a Duthiero without the coordination. Yeah. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> so Scalabis here. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe. That's a great uh, comparison. <laughs> if Scal was like six three, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, buddy, how would you describe if you had to compare your game to a former Kentucky player? Who would that be? Uh, I'll just I'll be a wing. There was a time I could shoot well and and just dice you up a little bit and and then just shoot. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's been a while. We'll see how it goes. Also, I broke my foot this summer. I'm a little I'm a little slower, so mm. I'm worried about a arrow. So it's sounding like you, you used to be able to score at a high volume, but you're not you're, you're not really that guy anymore. I, I think that's more of a Dante Allen build. Oh, <laughs> now I don't know. I've had some friends that I compete with who have who have beaten Dante Allen at some like local parks <laughs> in Bowling Green. So I'm not no, sure because he, I, he plays for an in-state rival now. Dante. We can say this. <laughs> what you say? I, he plays for an in-state rival now. We can say this about him. Like it's yeah, fine. Yeah. I would compare my game to every walk-on that we've had under six feet tall. That's good for one garbage time three at the end of a game against Southwest Missouri State. I mean, I I am peak Sam Malone. (laughs) I am peak Todd Lanter. I am peak EJ Floreal, which I think he was like 6'2". So uh, EJ Floreal was really short, but he could dunk. Yeah, he was was nice. (laughs) I was so convinced he would be like a contributor. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I'm peak those guys. Basically, so. I'm LeBron James. So that's oh, all crazy. Now. So now WT, the, the question says who wins. So now that you've got everyone's scouting report, mm. it's sack, right? I mean, I think the height is definitely a problem. If we're playing outdoors yeah. and like kind of jump shootings out of the question, especially with the wind, we're supposed to get in yeah. Arkansas. Like oh, no. the height is going to be a major problem for me. I'm five foot ten and. Uh, a little bit pale skin, so uh, I'm not going to be jumping over anybody. Um, so I think just the, by the physicality of it, Sack might have the advantage. Um, but I mean, I guess we'll see. You have to remember, I got no dogs. So if we're playing like pickup rules, <laughs> like an elbow or two, and I'm like completely <laughs> ineffective, that wind might just take you out, just like blow you off yeah. to the, to the corner. Yeah. <laughs> the scale gets snow, even stronger. Strong wind and snow. <laughs> Is that what we're looking at? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the snow's sticking just based on the uh, uh, temperatures, but uh, we are supposed to get a little bit of precipitation uh, while we're there. It's going to be a fun one, guys. <laughs> All right. If, uh, if we want to move on to the next uh, listener question, I've got one here that I like. It's from Eli Cox. Uh, not the Eli Cox, but uh, another Eli Cox. He says, how confident are you all that we can win the SEC tournament? Uh, I am probably, honestly, at like a 75%. We can go down there and win this thing. Because we've seen we can play with anybody. I mean, we can. We can play with anybody. We beat Tennessee twice and did it pretty fairly easily both times. But then we've also got our teeth kicked in by Alabama and Missouri and, you know, a, a lot of other good teams. But one thing you never need to let the Cats do is get hot in March. We're going down there. We're winning the thing. Nashville's hard. <laughs> I'm glad Zoom like blocks his screams sometimes. So <laughs> don't get through. Really saves our headphone users uh, yeah. a lot of uh, pain. Buddy, you want to keep it going? Oh, uh, yes. Let me just pick a random question then. Um, 
let's see which revenge game are you looking for oh Corey hbbn asks which revenge game are you looking forward to the most based on our current bracket we could face mizzou or georgia in the first game and either arkansas or bama in the finals uh first of all i still this isn't a revenge game i still want to play tennessee in the sec tournament and beat them and then see them in the ncaa tournament and beat them so i mean that's neither here nor there i guess but that that's what i would like um but anyways as far as revenge games Arkansas is the one I'm looking forward to the most. We're going to be there and we're going to see Kentucky win that one in person. So the obvious answer. Well, I think he's talking about the SEC tournament. So if we were to beat Arkansas on the road, then it wouldn't oh, be as much of a revenge game in the tournament. Certainly not. I I don't know. I don't really care about Mizzou or Georgia, to be honest. Bama, I guess. Bama destroyed us. It would be nice to just know that we are like good enough to, to beat you know them even with never mind but <laughs> i mean they they murdered really, us the first time they murdered who us it'd be really great to oh. uh deliver them an L. <laughs> deliver them an L. we so far we've been accessories to their really good conference record we don't know anyways that continue <laughs> matt what a uh, question are you picking um i like this one from ob is jacob's brother um, when everyone is healthy, what is more optimal? Basketball, basketball Bennies or C Live plus Threves or Three J. Um, so I'm guessing it's like, do you want the three guard lineup or do you like C Live at the three more? Um, I'm, and again, maybe CJ comes back and is fully healthy and is shooting 55% from three. But um, I'm going to go with Chris at the three because what I do like from CJ is his spacing. But we currently have a 50, what, 354% three-point shooter in the SEC play currently playing our power forward. So with Kaysen and Reeves and Jacob Toppin shooting the way that he is, I'm less worried about shooting. So I'm not – I don't think – CJ moves the needle as much as he would have like when he was playing here in December and January. I think Chris with his toughness and defense and rebounding um, and slashing and energy and athleticism, I think currently that moves the needle more. Again, maybe CJ comes back and the Benny lineup is still the most uh, efficient lineup of all, of all time. But I'm currently going with Chris. I just think whether it's at the three, at the four, you got to find a way to keep him in. And that brings us to um, Vanderbilt. Sack senior oh, day. Yeah. Very sad. Last day in the E-zone ever. Um, do, you get also- your, uh, do you get your jersey at half court like all the other seniors? Like, are they going to call your name out to the to take your spotlight? They, they absolutely should bring me out there. Um, maybe we could put in a word with our good friend TJ Beisner. I think you're the man for that, WT. I I can ask. Um, no promises. Uh, I, I think I'll go with the big ask and then like work his way down. Like I'll ask, hey, can we get Sachs jersey in the rafters? Um, <laughs> and then see if I can get him down to uh, announcing you on senior day. What do we do if he says if Sack can make a layup, we'll announce him? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, we're screwed. Uh, we're screwed. Yeah. No deal. No deal. Yeah. Hey, I have like, made... like he said it himself, he does not have that dog. <laughs> I have made three career shots in Rupp Arena. Um, it's pretty good. It's more than Burning Canada. 
Um, no, he, he, well, if you count, if you count like warmups and stuff, no, Brennan has made more. Cause I didn't actually make any in the game because I was uh, getting ready to make true. the more than shade and sharp joke. But then I was like, nah, he, he was pretty clutch in warmups. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, but, uh, more than uh racer rat, <laughs> that one tall manager. Uh, nah, he, he shoots around a little bit whenever the guys are up on the court. Yeah. Oh, well, Oh, uh, more Kyle than Walker Tucker, Horn. Kyle Tucker bomb. Uh, prediction and usually oh. when he makes predictions they're usually pretty correct when it comes to Kentucky basketball he says prediction same as it's been Savir Wheeler will play again this season um, I don't think he will play on Wednesday because I think I saw a quote saying Brennan Canada will start so just doing the math in my head we have six seniors that are being honored if Brennan is one of them you'd have to think Savir is still going to be out with uh, Reeves and CJ and Jacob and Oscar filling out the rest of the five um, but um, six seniors Wait. being honored. Um, how are you boys feeling against Vanderbilt? Uh, I'm feeling really good. Uh, I mean, we they've been playing very well, I'll say, but we've been playing better. I mean, we just beat a tournament team by 32. It's hard to really beat that. Uh, I think uh, Bart Torvik says in the last like four games, we're playing the best of anyone in the country. Uh, so I'm really confident just based on how we're playing. I will say I'm going to point out one statistical matchup that I think is going to be a really interesting thing to pay attention to. Uh, Kentucky as a team this season is second best on Ken Palm in one category. Uh, does anyone want to take a guess at what that is? Sorry, what, can you repeat the question? Kentucky is second best in one category on Ken oh. Palm uh, statistically. I'd say like rebounding percentage maybe. Is sure. percentage. We're third in offensive rebounding percentage, but we're second in something else. WC's I'll, dog I'll, 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 Kareem Watkins minutes per game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually offensive block percentage. We uh, are only blocked on 5.3% of our shots, which is crazy, crazy low. Um, wow. But we're going to be going up against the second best block percentage player in the country in Liam Robbins. So it's going to be kind of a battle between teams that a team that doesn't get blocked at all versus a guy who blocks everything. His own block percentage is 15%. Our team block percentage on offense is five. So that's going to be a really interesting matchup. Uh, Liam oh Robbins is also the number one player in the nation in getting fouled. I, um, I thought so. So that, yeah, that's going to be interesting for Oscar. Um, I do think that we just overwhelm them at every other position. Uh, Liam might get his, but um, I, I'm going to put Kentucky wins the game uh, on senior day. Uh, let's see. I'm going to say 81 to 70. And MVP. my MVP, MVP is going to be Cason Wallace. Bradley, you were the most optimistic last time, making you the closest. Somehow still not optimistic enough, but who do you have? Yes. So the one thing, as WT said, that makes me a little bit nervous about the game is Liam Robbins. Uh, let the record show from the second that Liam Robbins entered the portal. I said he's a cat. I say that about everybody I know. <laughs> I but, I was a, but I was especially high on Liam Robbins. Uh, but anyway, uh, I do think that we are able to overcome it. Oscar has that dog in him, and I say that Kentucky wins 85 
to 61. Give me MVP. Antonio Reeves. Shout out Pepto B. Dickie V. And yep. Antonio Reeves will set the uh, all-time UK <laughs> record for three-pointers made in a game. Hey, Bradley, did you just come up with that nickname? That was that was I did. Really I just creative. came up with it right now. Uh, That's I'm the really only incredible. one who's ever said that. Uh, but sat, r- real quick, real quick, before the two of y'all give your prediction, I have to kind of hedge that Kyle Tucker tweet sack uh, because oh. though he even did though he just said that Xavier Wheeler will play again uh, Ronnie L. Justice says I heard I've heard he's done for the year he won't play another minute oh. Uh, so oh dang the Ronnie, Ronnie L. Justice <laughs> Ronnie L. Justice has 177 followers on Twitter hashtag oh. Ronnie knows and and Buddy is one of them <laughs> let's go hey. Follow buddy for a follow. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, nice. So who do you who got do you on one? I was gonna say that name that name sounds familiar. <laughs> uh, who do you trust? Uh, Kyle Tucker or Ronnie L. Justice? I only follow one of them, so uh, I'm going to <laughs> I'm gonna pick um I'm gonna pick Vanderbilt. Or no, I'm gonna pick. I'm not gonna pick Vanderbilt. I'm gonna pick Kentucky, uh, eighty-seven to sixty-six over Vanderbilt. They now, so he he draws the most fouls of anyone, right? But they don't foul like their team. Like they don't foul very much at all as a team, right? Like that's the weird like they we only they only fouled us like then we only shot two free throws whenever it was at Vandy or something like that. Mm-hmm. We that's only crazy. shot two. Yeah. yeah, Kentucky only shot two. Right, that's the thing. Is like they don't foul very often, but he draws a ton of fouls. So that's a wrinkle. But I, I agree. I think we just overwhelm them and we're at rep, and we continue the three hundred and seventy-five game winning streak that we have on them in the Cal era. And so, uh, yeah, that's my pick. Who's your MVP? MVP? Ooh, uh, I'm gonna go Kaysen. K- oh, Kaysen's been no. it. He's taken. taken. He's taken. No. Gotta be quicker than that. Yeah, true. Um, I mean, I still think he's the MVP, but I'll go Chris then. All right. I um, it's so weird to think about. It's gonna be my last game in the E Zone. I think after the emotional win of last Saturday in Rupp, the team might come out a little slow, but they will just grind away the second half. Thank to Oscar Shibway, the National Player of the Year, a guy that's going to go down as one of the greatest players in program history once this tournament run is all said and done. Oscar Shibway, you are going to be the MVP, and the Cats are going to win 77-67, to 67, and Sack is going to cry after the game, and I don't want anyone to talk to me for like the next like two weeks. Actually, we're I'll see you all in Arkansas, but um, I'll still be cry? sad. Because this this flew by too fast and we didn't see enough winning. But that's all right. We're we're gonna we're gonna win this March. We will talk to y'all. I think from Fayetteville, Arkansas. I don't know if we're gonna record normally Thursday. So hopefully y'all enjoyed this episode. I appreciate you all listening. Go freaking cats! Okay. See you in Fayetteville. <laughs>